Hey, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jason Gant. I serve with kids and families as a pastor here at Resurrection. I am excited for today because we're going to ask a really important question. It's got to be a question that has been on your heart and mind. It's been on mine. Am I enough for my child? Am I enough for my child? Have you felt that? Today, we're going to answer that question. At the end of this podcast, you're going to walk away with an understanding of, of encouraging scriptures, how we think about it from a faith perspective, but more than that, how we think about it from, well, a therapeutic perspective. Uh, we're also going to learn a little bit about Stevie Wonder, but our guest today is Justin Baston. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist here in the Kansas City area. He's got some great insights, some great tips for you as a parent, as a caretaker of children, and also some great encouragement as uh, we hear from a therapist, but also a father and a son as we live into this life of better parenting. Uh, let's jump in. So I'd like to welcome you, Justin. I'm glad you're here today. Justin Baston, licensed marriage and family therapist. And uh, tell us a little bit about your practice. Yeah, um, I am, as you said, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I actually have a private practice in Kansas City, Kansas. And also uh, throughout the week, uh, the vast majority of the time, I see the employees at Children's Mercy Hospital. So like the doctors, the nurses, all of them, I help uh, them just through all of their afflictions and struggles. Prior to this, I actually worked in the foster care system in Kansas, yeah. uh, just with reintegrating families, and I've also done addictions counseling. So, man, got a bid all That's around. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I just love the idea because I think about, I've prayed about the the doctors mm -hmm. and the the staff at Children's mm -hmm. Mercy, and to know that you're caring for them as they're caring for us and our children and the community. That's just that's just awesome. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm excited to have, uh, to really get into today's topic, especially when I think about you know your role as a therapist. But 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 you're not just a therapist. Mm. Um, you're a dad. You're a dad. And so tell us about those two roles. Tell us about really this this idea about the question we all ask ourselves all the time: Am I enough for my child? Am I enough? Oh gosh, I mean that was something that. I mean, it's kind of exploded into our world over the last year. Uh, our kiddo just turned over uh, a year old recently. And, you know, it, I remember, so there was there was a time, uh, so bless my wife, when she had the kiddo. I, I think that our kiddo was about like three or four months uh, old when she was transitioning to a new job. And first-time parents, of course. Right. And <clears throat> there was a time where, I mean, with with everything happening in the world, it was really easy, where it was just overwhelming, it was stressful, it was scary, it was hard. And she looked at me, tears were in her eyes, and she was like, you know, like, I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm failing in wow. every single way. As a parent, as your spouse, at my job, I, I feel like I am failing. Wow. And for me, like, <laughs> I hate to say it, like, in my mind, I, I I was going through like all of the different responses that I could have like had, and I I, I just blanked and I nodded. <laughs> right. like, it was like a moment of yeah. like tearfulness, <laughs> and I just just nodded at her, not really sure how to respond, but like in that moment, if I could be able to go back, like what I wish that I told her, what I wish that I could have said is like, you're enough. Like you you are more than enough in every single way for me for our kiddo. Yeah. And every, even with like your job and learning this brand new field, you are more than enough. And like, I, I, I had this wish that she was almost able to see herself in the way that I actually saw her. But it seems like it's really easy for us to, when we look at where we are in like all of these different identities, all of these different areas that we have, to really believe that 
are not enough. Yeah. Man, that's such an important message to hear. I need to hear that message. I think everybody does, right? At some point, we feel like we're not enough, yeah. or we blow it. You know, it's 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 a story, and it's an encouragement. You know, that's part of what we hope to offer here is encouragement mm. and equipping. So, ways that we can be better parents, ways that we can be better caregivers, but also just ways to be affirmed and encouraged to know that we're a part of a larger community. And, you know, I'm reminded in the New Testament, Second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about this, right? He he talks about uh, being enough. And mm. uh, he actually writes, you know, that God's grace is is sufficient for us. The The Common English Bible says, says uh, my grace is enough for you because power is made perfect in weakness. And I think that's a powerful message yeah. that even in our weakness, God's power comes along and lifts us up, shapes us, molds us to be better. Mm. We can be better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's important. You know, recently you said something to me that that I thought was absolutely brilliant, and I wanted you to share it today. And uh, it was about how we look at ourselves as parents. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> so there's an old saying that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, like, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And so usually we think of that, and I, I often describe that in regards to uh, social media and what we see uh, compared to everybody else. But like with comparison, what I found to be a little bit more applicable is that I find comparison to be the thief of compassion. Yeah. When I compare myself to other people, or even when I compare myself to my spouse, I find that like, I I just don't show up as loving and as compassionate as I wanna be. Like compassion's a really important piece of my values. It's a really important piece of my faith. And honestly, like that's that's what I kind of hope and pray that people feel whenever I show up next to them every day is love and compassion. But when I begin comparing, I lose it. Like I, 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 they come up short or I have like this idea of like, well, you, you should have done this or you could have done this or even worse, I turn that on myself and I see you know, uh, that I'm always falling short when I'm comparing myself to other people and I I absolutely lose this self-compassion and I think is instrumental to just emotional health as well as parenting. This is the hardest gig out there. (laughs) Yes. You know, like (laughs) they, this is not a nine to five type of job. This is a snotty nose, puke all over (laughs) you. I've had a little bit of puke on me earlier today. It's fine. Hopefully you don't smell it. (laughs) But uh, this is exhausting, exhausting work. And when I have like this critical nature, belief or idea about myself, it doesn't help me. Like if for some reason, like we think that it's helpful to really criticize and to really identify where we fall short, but th- that's no way to like motivate anyone. There's uh, that's no way to be able to support or to be able to like really raise anyone at all. Right. But somehow we get this idea that, you know, what I would never say to a friend, what I would never say to my kiddo is completely fine to be able to say to me. Oh, that's so true. That's so true, man. The comparison is the thief of compassion. That mm-hmm. still sticks with me since we first had that conversation. Yeah. Um, kind of been living into it as a mantra. I would encourage us all to kind of live into that, to seek after compassion. I think that's part of the the image we're made in. And that would be my affirmation of what you're sharing when we think about as parents, uh, when we're feeling like uh, we, we, we're caught into this comparison game, is that we're created in God's image. Scripture mm. teaches us that. And that 
that is not necessarily a physical image in my mind. It's it's larger. It's deeper. It's it's the image of uh, of love. It's it's that we can express forgiveness. That we can express compassion. That we can make those choices every day. That we can live humbly and we can be better. And I think about being better is not about perfection. It's about the willingness to learn and to grow. And that to me feels like the image of God. And, mm. and I, I feel like as parents, that's we need to hear that. Yeah. We need to hear that. And uh, and that's important. But. But we also we blow it, right? We blow it. Like we have to admit that. Like they're yeah. they're just moments. So so let's let's. What do we do here? What do we do here, uh, counselor? We blow it. We lose it. It's a terrible moment. We know we blew it. How do we respond? Yeah, it, you know, I'll I'll reiterate kind of the first point where when you blow it, I guess I want you to be able to turn your t- turn towards yourself in like a really loving, compassionate, grace giving way. You know it, that. I think when we can be able to give ourselves grace, we can begin to be able to turn towards other people and to be a little bit more authentic, to be a little bit more like open and real. And for me, I, I feel like those are really good opportunities to be able to model like how to repair in a relationship. I personally think that that's something that we're really like missing in this society a little bit more is like the art of going towards someone and really repairing. The art of like that vulnerability of saying like, I blew it, you know, I I definitely came up short. This isn't like how I wanted to show up. This wasn't like the best version of myself. Hmm. And when we can do that for our kiddos, think about like what you're teaching them. You know, think about like that lifelong gift that you're really passing on to them where now like they no longer have to carry this thousand pound weight of perfectionism. They no longer have to be able to carry this idea of you, you have to, you cannot be flawed. You cannot blow it at any point because that's that's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. But when we go towards them and show them how to be able to repair, I, I think that that's incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, the other piece is yeah. um, with, I think that it's really easy to become defensive in those moments that we do blow it. Uh, and oftentimes when I'm working with couples, how I describe defensiveness is when I'm trying to explain away the pain. And oh, so yeah. I, like, yeah. I, I see that like you're hurting, I see that you're struggling and my way of being able to make it better is like, no, 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 I, I, I didn't mean it like that. No, 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 I only reacted that way because you did this. Okay. And I think deep down we hope that it's helpful or we want it to be helpful, like that's, that's why we do it, but it's, just it doesn't really validate their experience it doesn't validate like their pain and what they're going through yeah and validation is like a huge piece that i i uh, ordinarily talk about quite a bit is what validation looks like is it sounds like you're feeling this when when i yelled when i was angry when i was sad and i acted this way um it it sounds like that really hurt you and Mm -hmm this hurting you, that completely makes sense. You're not crazy, you're not making this up. Like this makes sense why you feel this way. And so when I help to be able to name their emotions, it's kind of funny, It's uh, that's how we define co-regulation. Is that with co-regulation, it's it's not self-regulation of like you take care of yourself, it's us working together to be able to bring down the temperature together. And we're also yeah. like modeling some really good emotion regulation skills for our kiddos. But 
the piece that's really important that I think is huge with uh, validation is that I need to name your emotion. Hmm. And I need to stay curious about it because I, I want to make sure that I get it right. Yeah. And so when I did this, it sounds like that hurts you. No, I'm, I'm just sad. Okay. Oh, that's helpful. You're teaching me. You're teaching me about your experience. And so we're always learning. And people are, usually kiddos are really helpful with correcting or really kind of redirecting us. But when we begin to like name their emotions, that's really helping to be able to grow like their emotional vocabulary. And yeah. when we can identify our emotions, that's like step one through five with emotion regulation. Okay. That sounds good. I feel like I can do that. That was great advice. I, I, I circled the word repair and, and validation because you had mentioned that, you know, in our kind of pretext discussion. Mm -hmm. I thought that was important. And it reminded me of a, it reminded me of a story where I blew it. Yeah. And I mean, I really blew it. You know, my, my daughters now are, are 16 and 13. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the oldest daughter, I think she was three maybe, and she discovered the stovetop in our kitchen, right? Uh -huh. And and of course, I'm concerned about protecting her and keeping her safe. And I, and she's going to touch the stovetop. And I did what I thought was the right thing, right? I got down on her level, kind of on my knees, eye to eye. Mm -hmm. But I quickly realized I took it too far. And she felt attacked when all, all I was trying to do was protect yeah. to help her understand, like, this is serious. Do not touch the stove. Yes. But she looked back at me. Her eyes began to well up. And she just said, Dad, you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And Oh my gosh, did I, I mean, that was the worst feeling I'd ever felt. Mm -hmm. My wife, who's standing behind me, kind of supporting me at that moment, I, I felt her hand gently touch my shoulder and kind of pat me slowly because she knew, like, <laughs> I was in a world of pain at that moment of yeah. just what had I done to my my sweet daughter. Mm -hmm. And and of course, I leaned in and hugged her and explained to her, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to hurt you. Daddy never wants to hurt you. I want to protect you. It's beautiful repair. I was trying to be, you know, so I'm, I feel validated <laughs> that I was like, oh, and I was doing the repair work. And uh, and I've always wondered, you know, if that was imprinted upon her for life. But but uh, I carry it. I feel it. It's a part of my pain, right? Mm -hmm. just, a, mm -hmm. just a small thing, but I blew it, right? Well, I'm usually, like, with parents, what I talk about is I'm not so concerned with, like, that initial gut response. Because, again, I, I think that it comes from, like, a really beautiful, important place. I, I am usually more curious about, like, that secondary response. Like, when we mm -hmm. can read that hurt, that pain, do we soften up or do we harden up? Oh, that's good. Do we soften up or do we harden up? I really appreciate that imagery. Soften or harden? I'm, jot, I'm jotting that down. <laughs> and uh, and that, and that kind of makes me think. You know, as we're as we're listening to you, as as considerably uh, a person of knowledge in this area, you work mm -hmm. in this area every day. That's part of why we're talking today. You're a therapist. You're a father. Um, but I know also in our discussion, you're you're a son. <laughs> and thinking about the multi generations, how that influence influences you, influenced you. Mm -hmm. I, I know you've got a story to share that I think is powerful. Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> with parenting, it's it's kind of a multi-generational gift, whether you like it or not, you know, like what's what's happened to us, what we experience becomes really the template with how we begin to parent. And we get to be able to have kind of a cool choice in these moments of like, how do I want to show up? How do I want to be different? How do I want to continue to be able to grow? And what gift do I want to be able to pass on to my kiddos and their grandchildren? Like, again, the ripple effects of our changes are really, really cool. And I knew, uh, so my dad, he turned 70 a few years ago. This was before our kiddo joined us. And um, I've really wanted to be able to actually interview him because like when I, I think of kind of like this, uh, when I think of like an individual 
and how their stories, like after they're gone, they they are absolutely no longer with us, right? right? Like they, these really cool idiosyncrasies or this knowledge, this wisdom. And I think that that's what I really wanted to be able to capture. And so I asked them about uh, the favorite times, you know, some great childhood stories. Um, but the one that actually like impacted me the most was when I asked them, what regret do you have? Hmm. And he paused and he looked at me and he said, I wish I spent more time with you. Right. I wow. wish that I chose or that I was able to be more present. He, it's very easy to be able to get really busy as a teacher, he was a teacher, and it's really easy to be able to get really busy with his side business. And his biggest regret at 70 years looking back was just wanting more time. And I think that's really impacted me, or goodness gracious, I hope it's really impacted me with how I show up with my kiddo. Yes. Even though I'm completely imperfect, like I remember I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm looking at my phone and he comes over and he crawls and he puts his little hand on my leg and he's just staring up at me <laughs> right into my eyes. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, right. like how, how am I getting so distracted just by world, the, the world that I'm, I'm not like getting these really cool moments because right. they'll be gone forever. And it's really easy, at least for me, to get sucked into technology, to get sucked sure. into just the craziness, the news cycle, whatever it is of this world, yeah. but to really lose out on, I don't know, those smiles mm -hmm. that uh, you get to experience, especially at the really young age. You those know? are the moments you can't get back, right? Can't get back. Yes. I remember, I, I forget who it was, it was a mentor in my life, but he, they, they said to me, the interruptions are the ministry. Mm. I remember as a pastor thinking about that, and I would say the same thing as a parent, as a caregiver to children. It's the interruptions that are the, the memory, right? We spend all this time maybe coming up with the, the organized trips, organized events, <laughs> organized moments, but really it's the momentary interruptions, just yeah. like you just said, with your, your son just crawling over to you kind of thing. Mm. Like that's an interruptive moment. Pause in that moment, take it in embrace it. Um, man, that's just, that's powerful. Thanks for mm -hmm. that. You know, I, I think about this, this equipping piece you've offered us, this idea and understanding that we're enough. When we ask the question, am I enough for my child? The answer is yes. yes. We understand that as, as people of faith, mm -hmm. but it doesn't always feel that way. And I appreciate you validating that. And that takes <laughs> me to the kind of this recap on repair and, and validation and the co-regulation. These are great tips. I think these are like ways that the theory becomes practice in our lives. And I appreciate that. And that's my hope is that we're giving some, some parents tools to do that. And, uh, and, then, and then finally, the encouragement I hear is that, that we are enough. God loves us. We're God's child first. Mm -hmm. So we understand that we are a child first so that we can be the best parent, that we can be, we can be, we can be better. Um, but also just off the top of your head, you know, any final thoughts or insights that you would offer us today uh, just coming from your world of thinking? <laughs> I was actually driving here, and um, the thing that came to mind to me that like, I, I wish that I was able to uh, fit in, so I'm really happy that you asked this, is um, I think it's so important in life just to be really intentional about playing, just being playful like with your kid, with being sure. able to be silly like with your kid, those moments of you like dancing in the kitchen to Stevie Wonder, <laughs> like that is like those, that's, that's so important obviously for your kiddo to be able to see, to be able to laugh, to be able to connect, like that's huge for attachment. Yes, yes. 
also I think that it's like really good for our soul as well. Oh yeah. You know, so good. many of the, the doctors and nurses that I talk to, they're exhausted. They're absolutely exhausted. And one of the big things that I like to be able to ask them is, where are you playful? Where are you joyous? Like, where do you get this source in your life? Where, where can we inject more laughter and fun in your life? Because life is hard. Parenting is hard. Right, right. And that's why we have to be really intentional about those cool moments, those fun moments yeah. that we have. So maybe that's that's t uh, the takeaway. You know, mm. we've got some great takeaways here. We're, we're more than enough. We've got some ways to address some of those feelings we have, to validate those feelings, to work toward repair. But maybe it's also like, you know, wake your kid up at midnight and go mm. play hide and seek in the backyard. <laughs> that's like, it's brilliant. Like, it's like do something spontaneously yes. silly and fun and playful that mm -hmm. you, where your kids look at you like, what are you, crazy? Like, <laughs> we're not supposed to do this, you know? Um, I, I remember a friend of mine said that to me once. He's like, wake your kid up in the middle of the night Take them to play out in the backyard, play hide and seek, and then go get pancakes at IHOP or uh, in the middle of the night because you're that. just not supposed to do that, right? It's outside of the box. Yeah. And just get playful, get silly, and remember those are the moments that count more than anything. Mm -hmm. Well, Justin, thanks for being with us today, man. Thanks for offering My some pleasure. great insight. Yeah. Uh, I think of you as a friend. I'm learning from you. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that that's the image of God that's within me, that I'm mm -hmm. always ready to learn and to be better. And and, uh, and I just want to offer a prayer for us, for, for the parents and caretakers out there of children, uh, that we can continue to do all we can yeah. uh, for this next generation, uh, for mm -hmm. the ones we love. So let's pray. Yeah. God, help us to be better, to be the best uh, when we parent and care for our kids, that, that we would move toward those moments, recognizing them, that you would uh, show them to us, and that they would be good for our soul and for the soul of our children, that, that we might have compassion, humility, be encouraged in your grace and your power, that is enough. And remind us always, God, that we are your children first. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and got some equipping today to, to be better parents. We'd love to connect with you more. Go to resurrection.church. We have a great counseling ministry where we connect with counselors across the KC area, just like Justin, and we'd love to get connected to you, support you, that we can be better together.